0: says guys listen to Jesus just do what he says and that's great advice that's wisdom you want to know what Mary would say to you guys right now Uh, because there can be an over emphasis the last thing she said was do what he says listen to Jesus so important and the angel says rejoice or have joy you're highly favored the Lord is with you. You're blessed, not above women. You're blessed among women. How do you have joy? How can you have favor? Highly, being highly favored is, literally means that God has pursued you with grace, compassion, and favor. That he's honored you with a blessing, and he has made you accepted. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, it's only used one other time in the Bible. Highly favored. Ephesians chapter 1. Because you might say, how can I have joy? I'm not merry. I've messed up. I'm not highly favored. I'm, I'm maybe average. Maybe I'm below average. Ephesians chapter 1, it's only used one other time, that word. It says this in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he, listen, he chose us in him from before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us to adoption, as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will verse 6 it says to the praise of his glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted into the beloved that's highly favored that he has made us accepted in the you're highly favored today mary was highly favored it says this about your life that you're accepted in the beloved that you're highly favored And it's like having kids, you know, I've heard people say, uh, and, and if you have a lot of kids like we do, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite son? Who's your favorite daughter? Do you like boys? Do you like girls? Do you like, you know, what was your, you know, and they're all my favorite, right? If I'm with one, if I'm with, you know, my boys, who's my, you know, if I'm with Josh, yeah, Josh is my favorite. If I'm with Carter, Carter's my favorite or Isaac, right? If I'm with my girls, it's Lyd. Lyd was my firstborn. She's amazing, right? But if I'm not with Lyd, if I'm with Anna, you're my favorite, right? And that's what God looks at your life. You're highly favored. You're accepted in the beloved. He loves you as much as he does Mary, David, Abraham, the pastor. You're highly favored. He loves you so much. Never forget that. That you can have joy in the fact that God just loves you. Why? Because he's made you accepted. He just grabbed your life and says, you know what? I love you. I've predestined you to be my son or daughter. Well, how do I know if I'm predestined or not? Accept him. Accept Jesus into your life today. Realize, you know what? I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And guess what? You're a son or daughter. That's it. You're highly favored. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is what? He's with you, and you're blessed among women. The Lord is with you. Imagine Mary's plans, and they're good plans. I've got this guy, Joseph. He's awesome. What a great husband. Great guy, she's got a great man, right? That's that's every woman's dream to have the right guy, and she's got him. Joseph is a great guy, he'll be a great father. She wants to have children, she wants to have a house, raise a family. She's going to do all that, but guess what? God's plans are better than her plans. She's not just going to have a family, she's going to raise. Jesus Christ. Amazing. If we let God interrupt our plans and step in and say, you know what? Hey, I got a better plan for your life. Yeah, that's a great plan. That's nothing wrong with that plan. But I have a better one. I've got a better plan for your life. Are we willing to get tapped on the shoulder? Verse 38 is the key for Mary because all this stuff is is the, the angel says, Gabriel tells her, and Mary says, let it be according to your word. Whatever you want, God. Are we willing to let God step in and change our plans to change our purposes? Because we have a a one-week plan. We've got today's plans. Everyone's like, oh, hopefully it's not that long today. We're going to wherever, right? We're getting pizza, or we're going out to lunch, or man, brunch is over at you know, hurry, hurry, hurry. We're meeting people. We got the, our weeks plans. We got our month, our years plans, right? Are we willing to let God tap us on the shoulder and say, I've got a better plan? Got a different plan for your life that's better. Are we just so stuck and rigid and not moving? This is what I'm doing with my life. God, don't tap me on the shoulder because I don't want to hear it. And and the angel is tapping Mary on the shoulder and she says, let it be according to your word. It's fine with me. That's good. That's a better plan. It's a better plan. Verse 29 says, but when she saw him, she was troubled, that is saying. And consider what manner of greeting this was. She's upset and puzzled. A lot of times we're puzzled. With what God's doing. Why? Because we don't have all the pieces to the puzzle. That's what it means to be troubled, to be puzzled, right? When someone's puzzled, it means they don't have all the pieces yet. They don't have the corners set in place, right? If you know people who do puzzles, like you've got to get the outside. We need the, who's got the corners, right? We don't have all the pieces. That's what it means to be puzzled. She's puzzled because she doesn't know what's going to happen, how this is going to work out. And that's our life. We lack trust. We want, Lord, give me all the borders. Let me see what's the picture. All right, I see a face. There's an eye. You know, that's a puzzle. And we're puzzled with our life because we don't know the the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. But God does. He's got all the pieces. And he knows we have to be patient. We don't know what God's doing all the time. He just asks us to be faithful. Keep yourself pure. And wait till he taps you on the shoulder. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You've found favor with God. God's had his eye on this young lady. He's been waiting for her. She's not an amazing evangelist or an ex- extraordinary apologist. She's just kept herself. She's honored the Lord. And behold, verse 31 says, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son And shall call his name Jesus. Right? That's the sign the virgin shall conceive. Jesus, that name means, you may know this, Jehovah is salvation. That God is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. In Matthew chapter 1, uh, an angel comes to Joseph in a dream and says the same thing. Because Joseph is going to put Mary away privately. He's like, this is too much for me. I can't. This isn't what I expected. And the angel comes and says, listen, this is born of the Holy Spirit. You should call his name Jesus. And he says this, because he's going to save his people from their sins. Jesus is going to save his people from their sins. Right? That's his the key to his ministry. We're going to get there in ah in chapter 4 of Luke where he quotes Isaiah 61 I'm going to read it to you real quick you don't have to turn there I'll just read it In Luke chapter 4 Jesus goes into Nazareth and he gets the goes into the temple and he'll grab the scroll and he'll begin reading and he reads Isaiah 61 And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to number one, preach good tidings to the poor. That means the gospel. That's the number one thing. Jesus wants to save his people from their sins. How does he do that? He begins his ministry by saying, I'm going to preach the gospel, the good news. People need to hear the good news. And there's good news. The trouble with good news is what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is, when you're born, you're separated from God. Your destiny is in heaven until you're born again. He says, "But I've, I've, I've. God has anointed me; the Spirit has poured out on me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You ever have your heart broken? Ever been brokenhearted?" To proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Bound up in sin, bound up in addiction, bound up in things. Jesus came to save people from their sins. To free people, to set at liberty the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Freedom. Peter says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's it. There's one name. It's Jesus Christ. Paul says this to the Philippians, that he's given them a name above every name, that at that name every knee is going to bow. You know what's amazing to me is, and I didn't realize this until I got saved, uh, you know, That name, that amazing name, Jesus Christ, there's no other name of any deity on the planet that's used as a swear word other than Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's power in that name. Nobody says, oh, Buddha, oh, Allah, oh, Hare Krishna. Nobody does that. They use the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there's power, there's emphasis in his name. It means something. When somebody swears and they use the name of Jesus even before I was saved, like, that bothered me. Probably because I had some Christian background. But I always thought, you know, just I say every other name in the You know, I used every other bad swear word you can imagine, unfortunately. My kids are here, unfortunately, too. But I would very rarely, like I tried to be cool a couple times and use that name. It was like, oh, I can't swear like that. There's power in that name. That's the only name that you can be saved. You'll conceive in your womb. Bring forth a son. You'll call his name Jesus. Some non-negotiables if you're born again here today. The only way you can be born again here today is there's a couple things. Number one, you need to believe in the virgin birth. You need to believe that Jesus is God, right? And you need to believe in the resurrection. Those are non negotiables of the Christian faith. If you're like, yeah, I believe in Jesus, I'm a Christian, I just don't, how can he be born of a virgin? Jesus is God? No, you're not a Christian. Okay, those are essentials of the Christian faith. Right? And it says, verse 32 he'll be great. That word is mega. He'll be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. I'll read this to you. In Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Right? We look at it, there's there's Jesus, he's born. From heaven's perspective, God gave his son. Son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward and forever, right? That's who Jesus Christ is. He's setting up a kingdom. The next time he comes for his bride, he's going to set up a kingdom that's not going to end. It's never going to end. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. and his kingdom, there'll be no end, it says in verse 33 of Luke. It says that in Daniel. It says that in uh, Revelation 13, that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of Christ, of our God. So now Mary, and it may sound similar to what Zechariah says, but she says to the angel, verse 34, "How how can this be? since I know not a man. How is that going to happen? Well, listen, she's not married. Zacharias was. Zacharias, you're going to have a son. Well, that's obvious. You're married, Zacharias. You saw it in the Bible, Zacharias. Remember Abraham and Sarah, the father of the faith. Uh, Zacharias, you know, but Mary's like, how can this be? What are you asking me to do? What's going to happen? How can this be? Since I know not a man, I've never known a man. And the answer, verse thirty-five, the Holy Spirit says, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the holy one who is to be, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God." It's the Holy Spirit's power, right? You wake up in the morning, and you look in the mirror, and you might say. There, I'm not anything special. Some days you look and you know, you get you get ready to go to a wedding or something, and you got a fresh haircut and you think, I can't believe I look this good, right? It's rare. I don't do that, but people do that, right? Mary's Mary's not looking in the mirror like, and the angel doesn't say, Mary, just look in the mirror. You're amazing. Look at how you've kept yourself. You're you're a special person. You're amazing, Mary. That's not what he says. He says, Mary, it's going to be the Holy Spirit. It's going to be the power that you can't muster up. It's going to be something you can't do on your own. That's what the disciples, after three years of ministry with Jesus Christ, side by side, living with him, walking with him, Jesus says, you're not ready. You have to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. But when the Holy Spirit will come, you'll be endued with power, Acts chapter 1 says. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And Mary would know that when he said the Holy Spirit, she could think back of Samson, Gideon, all these different people in the Old Testament, that the Holy Spirit would come upon them and they would do the extraordinary, the miraculous, things that they couldn't do on their own. And that's your life. Your life, God has imparted to you the Holy Spirit. It's the seal, the earnest, the down payment. You're sealed if you're born again today. But there's another power that God wants to give you. He wants to overshadow you with his Holy Spirit. He wants to pour out his spirit in your life that you can be something that you're not normally. You look in the mirror and say, not very special. No, you're not. It doesn't mean anything because there's something inside of you. God is living inside of you so you can be something that you could never be on your own so the angel says listen mary you ever hear the holy spirit that's what's going to happen the holy spirit will come upon you the power of the highest shall overshadow you and verse 36 says now indeed elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age this is now the 6th month for who who was for her who is called Barren, what a handle to have your whole life. She's barren. She can't have any kids. But God, through this angel, gives her proof. Elizabeth, remember Elizabeth? You know that you've prayed for. Remember you had prayer meetings for. Remember you, you know, you felt so bad. if She didn't have any kids. Guess what? She's gonna have a child. Wait, what? How's she gonna have a child? She is so old. Well, guess what? She is. God sends witnesses sometimes into our life. Proof. What's going to happen? Listen, it's not just the Holy Spirit, but look at what God did over here. A reminder. And then it says this, verse 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. For with God nothing, that means no word, shall be impossible. That means without power. No word will be without power. Anything God tells you, if God says it, there's power in it. When he told the woman who was caught in adultery, go and sin no more, the power wasn't in her ability. The power was in her God's word to her. Listen, go and sin no more. Not that she just wouldn't commit adultery, but now the, the ability to deceive, to lie, to manipulate, all those things. I got power over that. God has given her that power. He's given you that power and me that power. He says this, for with God, nothing, no word will be impossible or without power. God's word, his, his word to you are his enablements to you and to me, Right? That's why Paul told the Romans, listen, the things that are written before aforetime were written for our learning. To be in, You should be reading the Bible to see what God has to say. And Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, I'm at your service, Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let it be according to your word. And, and we can think, yeah, that's okay. I want to be like Mary. I'm ready to say, you know, God, take my life use it. I would do that. I wish that was me. Here's here's the reality for Mary. She was going to have to tell Joseph, "Listen, I'm pregnant." What? She's going to have to tell her parents. Joseph's parents. Pregnant? What? Well, listen, you're not going to believe this. I know. It's going to sound funny. That's what happened. You know what it cost her to be obedient to the Lord, to listen to God for your life? there's going to come a cost. It's going to cost you. When I first got saved, it cost me so many friends. I tried to stay in their life, stay in their life, be a witness, do different things. You know, eventually they pulled me back into the world, not blaming them, it's my fault. But it costs you to say, yeah, Lord, I'll do it. Raise your hand. You got to remember there's a cost to discipleship, to serving God might cost you friends. It might cost you money, time. There's, there's a cost. For Mary, it was a cost. 33 years later, when Jesus was born, and he's talking in, in John chapter 8, he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees. They say, listen, we're not born of fornication. What? Yeah, your mom. She cheated on your dad. You remember that? Just jabbing him. He says, yeah, I know, but you're of your father, the devil. You know, Jesus told them, right? But what a jab. She bore that shame for years. She says, be it according to your will. I'll do it. Fine. Right? How many people are willing to count the cost? What's it going to cost you today to serve Jesus? To say, you know what? I will. I do. Lord, use me. Take my life. For Mary, it cost her. And Mary arose in those days, and we're going to button up really quick here. She arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. That's an 80-mile to 100-mile journey. And what she's saying, I've got to see Elizabeth. I got a fellowship, right? When I first got saved, immediately, you couldn't keep me out of church. You couldn't keep I went. I went from Bible study to church. i drive to my mom's house. I avoided her house for years because she would always harp on me. Harley, how you living? What are you doing? Who's your friends? You know, it was harp, harp, harp. And I was like, you're driving me nuts, mom. I don't want to hear the gospel. I don't want to. I already know that stuff. I, then it was like. Mom, what are you doing? you awake? Here I come. I'm driving over. I was there every day. Every second, you know, if I wasn't at Bible study or hanging out somewhere else, I was going to my mom's house. And some of the things I would tell her weren't accurate or right, and she'd correct me, and I'd try to correct her, and we went back and forth. But I was just so hungry. I just want, and that's what Mary, Mary's like, where's Elizabeth? I got to talk to her. What happened to Mary? This is, Elizabeth, this is what happened to me. What happened to you? How did you get saved? This is how I, That's fellowship. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together as the manner of some is. You need to be in church. We need each other. You need encouragement. I need encouragement. The gifts of the body, the gifts that God has given you, the gift of encouragement, the gift of helps, all those things are in operation. They need to be. You need to step outside of your seat and out of your little zone and go up to someone and encourage them. Introduce yourself. Fellowship. We need that. And that's what Mary, Mary's like: all right, where's Elizabeth? 100 miles? Fine, I'll go. 80 miles? I'm there. She heads 100 miles south. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. This is important. The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when we're in fellowship. Spirit is moving. The gifts are in operation. The Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth. Even the baby leaped in her womb. And she spoke out with a loud voice. And listen, here's confirmation. This is what exactly what Gabriel said to her, pretty much. She spoke out with a loud voice. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of the, your, your womb. What? That's what Gabriel just told me. What? And that's how God sends confirmation through the radio, through people, through pastors, through situations. And this is just more confirmation for Mary. Blessed are you among women. But, but why is granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And it says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which, will to- which were told her from the Lord. This is all amazing stuff. They're filled with the Spirit. Everything the angel said was true. But the biggest key for Mary and for you and I is belief. You want to have joy? Do you believe? Have you received Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Is he your savior? Blessed is she who believed. This stuff can go right over your head. You may not believe. You might say, ah, that's good. Is church over yet? And it is. It's pretty much over. Do you believe? You'll be blessed if you do. You'll be blessed if you do. Unbelief is brutal. There was a guy who had a son who had a demon from his childhood. And this, this thing was tormenting his child. Throw him in the water. Throw him in the fire. Do all these things. It was in empowering this took over this kid's life he'd always try to harm himself and hurt himself and he brings this this young man to jesus and explains the story and jesus says yeah, we can heal him but you have to believe and the guy says you know what i believe but help my unbelief and he's he said that in tears the bible says weeping I feel so bad that I don't believe. I believe I'm here, but there's another step. And Jesus touches that young man. That's what God wants to do in your life. Just by believing. You know what? God, I trust your word. I believe it. You're going to see the miraculous open up in your life. The Holy Spirit will seal your, your, your spirit, your soul, your eternity. And he wants to come on your life, to use your life. Blessed are you that believed there's going to be a fulfillment. It's going to come to pass. God's going to do what he says. That's amazing, isn't it? God's going to do what he says, right? Mary, in, in, in a month, Mary could have been like, ah, oh, no, I better not do that. It's too late, Mary. It's coming. God's going to do what he says in about eight months, Mary, Right? It's coming. God's going to do the work that he says. Sometimes our, our disbelief, our unbelief can mess us up. We can look in the mirror and say, oh, God, how can you use me? It's like, no, it's the Holy Spirit. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not you. You're nothing special. We're nothing special. Just keep yourself. God wants to use the nothing special people in this life, in this world, for his kingdom. We're here for a short time. We're going to take communion. That's the rescue mission, right? Jesus, the theme of this gospel, I think, is that Jesus came to seek, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's a rescue mission. We take communion. It's a reminder. The cross is a reminder. His shed blood, and broken body is a reminder of what he's done. It's proof, it's evidence that he loves you and I. So, Lord, we just give you this day. We give you our lives, Lord. We know that you have power. You've asked us to believe. You've asked us to stay in a position uh, of usability. How? By studying more. or No, just keeping ourselves pure. Studying more, yeah, let's do it. We, We need to know your word you just take lives simple lives people that you just want to use that you're waiting for the simplicity of belief to move on our behalf so lord we sit here today and we believe we we trust what you say we trust your word there's power in it nothing will be impossible with you lord Every word that you spoke is going to come to pass. And so we're waiting. I pray this morning, God, if someone here doesn't know you, that they would believe. They would receive you. As we take communion, God, would it just be a reminder that you loved us first? That you initiated this love? That you died first while we were yet sinners? We're all messed up. You came on a rescue mission. We thank you for that, Lord. We just give you this day, Jesus, in your name.